Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Today on Master of None, we have some groundbreaking information as it relates to the Ocean Gate submersible there is debris indicated and brought to shore in Newfoundland, and there could potentially be human remains. Also, what was the indication of this submarine's failure point? As it relates to new details, the carbon fiber was potentially glued to the hole. This was a design failure point, and it's something that could potentially contribute to the implosion as well as cost the lives of five aboard. So we'll sit back, relax, and listen as we get into this story. Almost a week to the date for the Ocean Gate submersible, the debris has come ashore. Obviously, this is a tragic story and one that has really shook the world. I think people can all relate to this story because of the significance of what potentially could have happened at the bottom as it relates to implosion. Now, what's happening today is there's actually been debris that has been brought to shore for the submersible. Now, whenever we analyze the debris at first, the whole working theory here is that the carbon fiber hole imploded a catastrophic failure as it relates to the materials being used. Why is this relevant? Well, whenever analyzing the video um, and looking at what was actually brought to shore, it's only about a minute long and, and a lot of it's covered. And whenever you're looking at it um, and you're looking at the exact debris that is being brought to shore, what you're seeing is the parts that were made out of titanium. Now, we know, in fact, that this submersible was kind of this working um, innovation aspect of what was being implemented in design. And Stockton Rush really believed in this design. And I'm going to go ahead and play a clip of him talking about it just to kind of give better insight into where his thinking was whenever he started designing this. So to do this, we had to uh, use a different material. Um, titanium is the common. There's some, some high-strength uh, carbon steels that are used. I think the Russians use those. But uh, titanium uh, is... Um, Let's put it this way. Carbon fiber is three times better on a strength to buoyancy basis than titanium. And underwater, that's what you care about. It's not strength to weight, it's strength to buoyancy. And yet no one had done that. And there are uh, certifying or semi-certifying agencies, the uh, Pressure Vessels for Human Occupation Committee that uh, handles hyperbaric chambers and submarines. You have the SubSafe program in the, uh, in the Navy. These programs are uh, over the top in their rules and regulations, but they had nothing with carbon fiber. So we had to go out and, uh, and work on that. And one of the things I learned is, you know, when you're outside the box, it's really hard to tell how far outside the box you really are. Uh, and we were pretty far out there. So we have a, a carbon fiber hull, it's five inches thick, uh, and titanium uh, domes on the end. So as we gain more information as it relates to Stockton Rush, what's really interesting is I put out a poll um, asking the question, do you think it was his fault? I did it on my original podcast 
And I would say about 80% of the people, 80 to 85, indicated that it was his fault. And there's a percentage of people that believe maybe he's not at blame, which I think whenever you're hearing him talk, it's like he was really aware of the scenario. And there's going to be more information that comes out on this because of the, the, the likelihood of what was found. But whenever we kind of break the, the structural design down, no pun intended, of this, it's important to understand that he was going for something that had never been done and he was avoiding the certification process. It's very clear that he thought that the Navy was um, too safe and that the other agencies potentially were too safe. Now, there's story coming out that, you know, he was he was really trying to get some validation for this submersible. And a lot of people just weren't buying it because, um, like I've indicated before, whenever you're building a submersible like this, it's really important to put everything together as one material, one source. Whenever you're taking something and you're putting it together in three different sources, like he did with the titanium, the plexi, and the the carbon um, fiber, you're, you're getting a situation where there's, it's not consistent across the board. There could be failures that happen, and I'm sure people are, are realizing this, so why am I talking about this? I really want to set the precedence of it before we kind of get into what was found in the debris, so it, it kind of puts together a better story of what could happen. So whenever we look at the debris in Newfoundland, looking at the video and analyzing it, it's it's clear that the carbon hole is not there. Now, I don't know how much of the information um, has been has been released, but looking at what I could find online, it, it indicates this isn't a part of it. It's almost like this actually disintegrated. And this was the big concern of it. And the implosion could have happened here because whenever you look at the different parts of the titanium, the titanium is still intact. The end caps are still intact. Um, and the, the a majority of the hardware, the operating hardware that would have been in the back of the actual submersible is intact and the landing gear is intact. So you're still getting that materials coming to shore, um, but you're not getting that, that hole. So that hole being completely disintegrated or imploded isn't there with the five pieces. So almost a week to the date they've pulled everything up. Now, as I was getting ready to put this story together, and do some research on it, the BBC indicated that human remains have been found. statement saying they have recovered what they describe as human remains from that Titan mini-sub wreckage. Medical experts are set to conduct an analysis in the next few days. It comes as we're getting the first look. Yeah, I think this is probably a turn in the story. You know, it's like we're getting information that that there could potentially be human remains and they're going to be sent to medical examiners to determine in fact if it is really human remains now as we all remember we've been told that the implosion would have been so violent that the water coming into the hole would have cracked or the ocean sea pressure would have been so strong coming in that it would have been hotter than the sun leaving everyone to be vaporized we've also been told that um the ship um, implosion would have been so catastrophic that they wouldn't have been able to have time to register it. I've even said that. So that's really what the specialists are indicating within this situation. But at this moment, we really don't know. 
So it kind of gets to this point that they say presumably this could be human remains. Now, we all remember that within this story, we've been giving information as it relates to the tapping in 30-minute intervals that people aren't really indicating what that is. But needless to say, it's an interesting twist in this story, and, it, and it's sad at the same time. But, you know, like a lot of us, we're interested in, in how this is going to play out because of the nature of it. You know, and it's like if we look at this kind of mentality of, of Stockton Rush in Oceangate, you know, in, in how they were so focused on creating this new type of submersible and it goes back to the design you know i want to go you know it's like this you know whenever we look at this design it really is something that i i don't know how more people within the submersible community didn't say something you know they wrote letters but how come there wasn't more protest you know i'm gonna go ahead and play a clip for you um of the actual making of this submersible and when Stockton Rush and his team were going ahead and attaching the titanium alloy rim to the actual carbon fiber tube. And when you hear it, it's just, it's, it's ominous in a way because we know what's going to happen. And, and, and it just adds a, a layer to this story that it's just really hard, I think, sometimes to even process. Today is a critical joining of the titanium and the carbon fiber. That seal needs to be uniform and small, but not too small. Level, do a good cleaning, check the surface out, mm -hmm. check measurements. Between the two components, um, really what's holding them together and allowing them to move together is the glue. And so you want nice, even um, movement. It's the glue that's holding the family together and we want to make sure it's right. Ceramic, ceramic, fiber, ceramic. It's pretty simple, but if we mess it up, there's not a lot of recovery. So as we engage with this tragic story more, it's something where it's like, how do you know when too much is too much and when to take a step back? And it kind of just reminds me of the fate. You know, everyone goes back to it, but the simple fact that the creator of the Titanic shared the same ideology of being like, hey, this thing cannot be sunk. This thing is innovative and it's creating a new type of technology, a new approach to something that's old. And it's like sometimes it can be broken and it can be broken. I think one of the things that the ocean has taught us within this situation is you can't underestimate what it's capable of. And whenever we look at this story, it's like I go back to Stockton Rush and how he was so invested in it and how he was so focused on being innovative this whole mindset and this and it is ego allowed to get the better of him you know there's there's also an interview from a billionaire um father and son within las vegas and he was pushing to book these passengers like listen to this audio jay bloom from las vegas says for months stockton rush was trying to sell him and his son two seats offering to knock a hundred thousand dollars off the two hundred fifty thousand dollar price rush texting last minute price is a hundred fifty thousand per person when jay told him his son had safety concerns rush responding i'm happy to have a video call with him curious what the uninformed would say the danger is and whether it's real or imagined he drank his own Kool-Aid. He was passionate about it. It didn't come from a, a place of malice. It didn't come from a place of greed. He just, you know, had this vision, had this belief, and wanted the world to share it with him. 
I mean, I can honestly say I might not be saying that if someone was pushing me so hard to get on a submarine that, in fact, could potentially end in death. Now, the other father and son duo actually replaced them, and and that's the situation we're in today. But whenever we're looking at everything within this episode, seeing that Stockton Rush kept pushing forward, obviously he was a man with the vision, but his whole mindset is, when am I outside the box? And I think the real response is that you should have listened to what the submersible community was communicating to you. You know, if if these letters were true, if this information was true, we had professionals speaking with them and saying, hey, this is something you need to be more aware of and it's a prototype. And he just kept saying, no, the community is not ready for it. That's probably the red flag, you know. And I think, too, you know, going back to that original poll that I put out, where some people had doubt that it was Stockton Rush's fault, you know, I think that's okay, but we have to really look at the situation and indicate that he was literally driving this whole scenario. You know, he's implementing the design. Now, what we're learning about his design is he was really using aspects of aerospace design because that kind of went into his degree as his undergraduate degree, and he studied aerospace. But you can't apply that same logic and physics to whenever you're going, you know, 3,000 meters under the ocean and, you know, the pounds per pressure is like 6,000, something crazy like that. And that's essentially was the downfall, you know, and and, and, and it's not to say, oh, he had no clue. He most definitely knew and he was really aware of what could have happened or what couldn't happen. And as we get more information on this story, um, my biggest fear is they weren't, in fact, disintegrated on implosion. You know, I think if we get any information that they suffered, that in itself is going to be a very dark and gloomy aspect of this whole story. You know, it's like as, as humans, we always look for the positive. So whenever the, this information broke and indicating that, oh, it would have happened quick, it would have been a very, very fast situation everyone took comfort in that but now when we're seeing more information about the story the potential finding of human remains time will tell this 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 story still has multiple chapters to be written to it and we're only getting into the beginning of it and i think that's what's going to be crazy about this whole sequence after the after the investigation you know because you know they're going to not just look at the submersible they're going to dive into the text messages the emails and they're going to indicate what the potential cause is of what this form of i would say almost narcissism is and i know this is a gloomy story and it's not like i look forward to covering it but there's something about this story that keeps people hooked and i think it's all of the different aspects of it the titanic the billionaires the submersible the fact that there's potential bad design the ceo forcing people taxing them selling them on this whole concept and then and then indicating it within conversation like it's a ted talk so more to come on it i just wanted to inform you all i want to thank you all for the support please like and follow wherever you can wherever you can find pod podcast and i want to thank you and we'll get back to you tomorrow